Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Our number two to get right with Reggie KG on 105. Three of the fan five MLB Division Series storylines. Getting you ready for the Divisional Series in the MLB playoffs. Kevin Gray of 105 through the fan. I don't know why I said that. Uh, oh, I know why you said that because you'd be doing a whole bunch of different jobs. I <laughs> and one of those is Cowboys crosstalk where you have to identify yourself as such. That's right. I think I had a quick, quick flashback. Look, man, <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever, and text in, truckwreck.com text line, 877-881-1053. Have you ever answered the phone, like your personal phone, like you was at work? Or even worse, answer the phone at one job? Uh-huh. Like he was answering for another job, oh, a yeah. prior job, maybe. Yeah, even. yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, those are the ones that really shake you. The quick flashback, like, wait, wait, just wait. I'm Domino's sorry. Pizza. Oh, hold on, wait, <laughs> hold on. Wrong, wrong job. Three jobs ago. Uh, at Kevin Gray Sports, at Reg, at a tool. If you want to follow my man Reg there, uh, appreciate Ross Lebinski holding it down for us here on this Thursday night here. Where uh, real quick before we get to the uh, MLB division storylines, uh, Ross hit me real quick because. Apparently, DJ Moore and Justin Fields, uh, they got this hookup thing uh, down so far in Washington. Fields to the end zone, reaching up. Does he make the catch again? DJ Moore, touchdown. This is the most excitement I've heard from Al Michaels all <laughs> Like the inflection, the tone, the oh, excitement. Uh, he must could, he might could have money on, uh, on the Bears. You never know. <laughs> Actually, I don't think that's legal for him to, to bet on the games. That's right. You can't, can't do that. So I would never accuse him of those things. Thank you. Thank you for cleaning that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, Chicago looking to break a 14-game losing streak uh, as they are beating down the Washington Commanders. Hey, man, your man, B enemy drew it up. Sam just threw it a little long, didn't he? You know, I wonder if every now and then, because we're going to get to the MLB storylines here in just a second, I wonder if Eric B enemy every now and then, you know, as he's, you know, dialing, trying to dial stuff up for Sam Howell. like, damn, I was really dialing it up for Patrick Mahomes not too long ago. And now I got this cat I'm out here working with. Oof. Look, man, you, you, you do what you got. You, do, you, you work with what you got, right? Like, you play the hand that is dealt to you. And so he's, he's doing the best he can. I, I mean, look, there's very, <laughs> there's very clear distinctions on the way that this offense runs. Yeah. And so I guess if you're inclined to look at it, you can see the impact. But oh, that's tough. Uh, <laughs> s- some of that exasperation you hear is that, like, I, I don't know that I like stake my name on it. That feels like it's too far. But I definitely had some idea that I felt the Washington Commandos would be a little bit more interesting, a little bit uh, tougher this year. And they have been some of that. But I imagine doing I mean, it took this, the Eagles overtime last week. They sure did. Uh, doing this against the Bears is probably not 
going to uh, cover themselves in glory as of right now. Good point, 940. They were up 28-7 last week and lost to Denver. Wouldn't be surprised if they blow it again. That would be the scre- screams you hear of uh, Will Chambers, I'm sure. Um, He'll be all right. <laughs> He's he, you. You thought you were. You thought you were. <laughs> you thought the dark was your ally. <laughs> he was born in it. That's Moving good. By it. <laughs> That's good. Uh, I, I like that. Oh, I didn't even go. Don't let me go full bane. That's too much. You know what? Okay, I promise you, we're gonna get to these. Eventually, lines. it'll happen because you brought up Bane. I have not seen more of a menace. In a movie. How long is that movie? What? About three, two, two and a half, three hours? I don't hours? remember what the runtime is because I was locked in the whole damn Bane time. Too. A complete damn menace. As he's out there whooping Batman's ass, talking to him the entire time. 232. <laughs> Telling him about like himself. Telling shot. about himself the entire Ooh. time. Do you know how, bad, how much of a badass you have to be to be whooping somebody and just tell them what they are and what they're not? That's not even, that's not the one. No? The the, the, the scene for me, as we're breaking down Dark Knight for some reason, that's I don't right. know how we got here. <laughs> that's right. Um, is when like the politician is like, or I don't remember if he's a politician, I think he was, but he was like, I'm in charge, and then he Bane just puts his hand, palm up, right on that man's <laughs> shoulder, right by his neck. Do you feel in charge? <laughs> I was like, hey, yo, hold on now. This man is spinning. And that guy, that politician was like, bull, I have money. And it, Bane just goes, and that gives you power over me? Oh, my. <laughs> Speaking of power. There it is. The Power Rangers are in the divisional wow. series. That's right. You see what wow. I did there? Wow. Professional at work here. Wow. Which color does that make uh, Evan Carter? Oh, that's I'm a just good gonna question. completely derail this derail this segment. You tried to get it back on the tracks. So I was like, nope. Is <laughs> is he the red Power Ranger? He might. Oh uh, no, nah, that's got to be like one of the leader guys, like Corey Seager. Or I mean, he's Sinner. leading right now in the playoffs so far. He's leading the charge for this offense right that's now. That's like that's like the the Black Power Ranger. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. One, okay. One, one of the special editions they like to call it. They just <laughs> popped in and they was like, I'm dope. And I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. My name is Evan Carter. Uh, five MLB division storylines though, as the Rangers. Back in the division series, they're going to be taking on the Baltimore Orioles. Really compelling division series in these rounds. Yeah, playoffs. all the way around. And we'll, we'll start here with uh, the, the 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 hated Astros. Uh, they have one of their uh, prodigal sons kind of showing back up. Carlos Correa shows back up to Houston in October oh, with the yeah, Minnesota Twins. The twins, yeah. So, yeah, man. Um, obviously, he has a tendency to keep coming up in, um, in, in the big moments, mind you. Because this year he hasn't been great. Um, within the regular season, but um, you know September was his best month, best month in OPS, and he just kind of does things when he gets to the playoffs. Like there's memorable moments for him, so it'll be interesting to see how he plays against mm-hmm. the Astros and how important that is, or how vital that is, because the Astros are a, a very weird team. We talked about how they had a losing record at home. Obviously, they have home home field advantage in this one. Um, and then we've seen the ways that the pitching has been kind of harmed, although Verlander gets to start game one. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it'll be interesting to see how the Twins are able to match up with this team and particularly how Correa uh, does against the Astros. It doesn't feel like the same Astros that have come to dominate over the last several years. And, yes, they won the division by virtue of having the tiebreaker uh, over the Rangers, but it just has not felt like the same ball club. A team that's dealt with a lot of injuries – and overcome them throughout the course of the year. And as you mentioned now, they had to reacquire Justin Verlander to help stabilize that pitching staff yeah. there. So that's going to be interesting. I just, I guess I can't pick against the the Astros. I mean, the Twins just 
broke an 18-game postseason, you know, losing streak when they won game one. Of course, they went on to sweep the Blue Jays. Uh, but I'm, I guess I'm picking the experience uh, of what the Astros bring mm. in this series. That to seems be able to, to be. On. Sorry, I didn't mean to step no, on. There you the, go, you go. No, that that does seem to be like the the thing. It seems like the thing that they still have in their favor. Obviously, they have good players. Not to say that that's not a factor here, but it like it seems to be the X factor, like the been there, done that of it all. Like I know that that ended up being a part of a weird thing at the end between the the Astros and the Rangers. Try to pretend like the the Rangers lost games at the end of the season because they had not quote unquote been there, done that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was weird, but there is that level of experience in the postseason. Nathan Avaldi talked about it after his fantastic pitching performance yesterday. So um, it'll be interesting to see, and I, I imagine that that might help the Astros out. But you never know. That's why you play the games. Mm-hmm. Um, Storyline number two: The Phillies aren't doing this to the Braves again, are they? Because you'll recall, there's a couple seasons back. Um, where the Braves had an opportunity to get through against the um, – I'm sorry, actually, last October, as it seems like years are – It's all running together. A decade mm-hmm. long. But, um, look, man, they had 101 wins last year, and the sixth seed of Philadelphia Phillies came through and beat them in four. Yeah, they and did. And here, here they are matching up again in the ALDS – and this is a very, very good uh, Atlanta Braves team. In fact, an incredible Atlanta Braves team. There is just so many things that I could point to to tell you just how good these Atlanta Braves are, including the fact that they have, I believe, uh, what is it, 56? Or No, that's not the right number. Let me get the right number for you. Uh, they have 307 home runs this year. <laughs> which is Woo! significantly more than whoever had second like they just hit the heck out of the ball. The whole, the, I believe, the whole team slugged five hundred one. It is a crazy good hitting team. Yeah, and just like last year, there is a possibility that the Phillies could come in and rain on their parade. Yeah, the offense for the Atlanta Braves is something to be marveled at. You look at what they put together this year. They've got the NL's MVP. And Ronald Acuna Jr., 41 homers, drove in over 100 runs. Oh, that's right. Stole 73 bases on the season. They got the NL's, you know, home run king this year with Matt Olson. He hit 54 homers, had 139 RBIs this year. Walked over 100 times as well this year, although he did strike out 167 times as well. Literally um, five of their five of their players are in the top 15 of slugging percentages among qualified hitters. <laughs> Acuna had an OPS of 1.012. They all just hit the ball hard. <laughs> so many of them. Like Olsen, Acuna, Marcelo Zuna. He had 40 homers this year. Austin Riley at third base. He had 37. Hey, Ozzy Albies is the fifth best hitter on this team. And he had 33 homers and drove it over 100 himself. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, one through five, that lineup is insane. And I don't know how Zach Wheeler, the ace of you know the Phillies, and how that rotation deals with that lineup well, through a five-game series and comes out winning that series. They got some fun. They, they got some fun hitters themselves. We talked about we talked about Schwarber. Mm-hmm. I, I almost put Kyle in there. We put, talked about Schwarber. Trey Turner's a guy that I always forget to mention, he's but so he's fun to watch. Kind of really good at baseball. Don't yep. forget, obviously Bryce Harper there. Mm-hmm. They've they've got some real uh, they've got some real power of their own within that lineup. So, no, I think this will be a really fun matchup, um, and let's see if the Phillies can ruin the party again for the, the you know, the incredible Atlanta Braves. How about this? 
um, are the the Diamondbacks the NL West, NL West team that will be able to take down the Dodgers? No. Oh, that you just want to skip past that because no, like the, it feels like there's all there's been consistently been in the NLDS an NL West team that tries to show you know take their shot at the Dodgers. Yeah, and oftentimes it doesn't go well. Diamondbacks are a cute, scrappy team. Dodgers are too powerful for this team. Uh, I think the Dodgers sweep this series. To be honest with you. That's, I, how, that's how good the Dodgers are in my mind. I think they sweep this series. I feel you. Um, how about this one? Can the Orioles take advantage of the opportunity against the Rangers? Woo! Now, of course, this is less about the Rangers themselves, but about the opportunity that the Orioles seem to be creating. Because this is a team that people didn't anticipate being this good, and that's because they have youth, but the youth wasn't supposed to come on this strong. Obviously, mm-hmm. last year, it was like, oh, man, look at Adley Rushman out of nowhere. Now it's look at Henderson, Gunnar Henderson out of nowhere. And I think they have a lot of young, talented guys, even in the pitching um, they have young, talented guys. And so it's like, look, man, they're opening up a window. How long could this go? But then also remember, they're in the AL East, and there's teams that are really good there when you talk about New York and, I guess, Boston as well. And so it's like, is this the opportunity while the AL East was kind of a little bit down for them to get their shot off uh, before this becomes a slog to get back? Because, again, we talk about this where – and this is applicable to the Rangers and maybe where we talk about the Rangers a little bit – Sometimes we do the thing where, like, this is a good start. It'll continue to build. And there's no guarantee that that's actually going to be the case the next year over year. We've seen teams, and how many times do we do this where in sports we're like, oh, well, this team's going to be the the cream of the crop for the next decade. Mm -hmm. And then we look back five years later and we're like, what were we talking about? That wasn't even remotely the case. Things shoot up. I was reading a piece in The Ringer, and this is kind of off the beaten path, but I think you'll get what I mean. That was talking about Lamar Jackson, how when he won his MVP, he was just barely, or he hadn't reached 23 and it was like, oh, this guy is going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Like, one of literally the three best quarterbacks in the league. Mm-hmm. And he's a top 10 quarterback right now. And, of course, some of that, we could debate all the other things that matter in that. But some of that is just, oh, wow, more young, young talented guys came into the league and showed up and are being great. And so, you know, I think the Orioles are in this place where they're like, get while the getting is good, right? Like, see if you can take advantage of all of this young talent because you never know. You know, when the Yankees are going to show back up or when the Red Sox are going to show back up, you know, those things are always there. Or if the Rangers are just going to continue to build the juggernaut, you never know. Yeah, the word I would like to use for Baltimore is balance. You look up and down that lineup between, you mentioned Gunnar Henderson, Anthony Santander, you know, Adley, Adley Rutschman, you know, guys with 28, 28, and 20 homers on the season. Um, a balanced lineup that Brandon Hyde puts out there. Look, if, you know, Bruce Bochy and this team had an incredible year with the turnaround that they had, what, plus 22 in the win column from a year ago. Yeah. Brandon Hyde and what he has done with the Baltimore Orioles this year has just been a marvel to watch to go from 100 losses at one point, you know, to now a 100-win baseball team and winning the AL East. Uh, It's going to be a fun, fun series. But, look, if you're the Rangers, you're playing with house money, man. You're able to take two from Tampa, who had the best record at home in the American League. And now, with Dane Dunning going on the mound for game one, allowing you to bring back Jordan Montgomery, you know, for game two. Don't let the Rangers get game one. Don't let them. Remember what I remember Kevin Millar that one time with the Boston Red Sox. I said, look, man, don't let us get game four. Don't let us get game four. And you know what happened. The rest is history from there. Don't let the Rangers get game one in Baltimore now. Don't let them get game one. Um, but that's going to be a lot of fun to watch these two teams. But uh, two very well-managed teams was Brandon Hyde and uh, Bruce Belcher, the Rangers. 
and the uh, Baltimore Orioles for sure. And finally, is it going to be the same old, same old in the LCS or in World Series, or is it going to be new blood? Because obviously mm. some people can look at the idea that there's a crash course of having kind of the same teams in that championship series when we talk about the Dodgers perennially being there and, of course, possibly Houston still having that opportunity, that road. Or is it going to be the likes of some of these younger teams or some of these newer teams that have not consistently been there? And the Rangers are one of those teams that have a possibility of shaking this up and being a team that has not uh, consistently been there um, of late. Oh, man, it's funny because uh, real quick, I feel like the World Series might happen in the NLCS, which I hate to say because obviously the Rangers are trying to make their way back to the World Series. But man, if the Braves and the Dodgers meet in the National League Championship Series, you want to talk about all that star power with Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, uh, you know, Clayton Kershaw, obviously with, you know, the Dodgers and the Braves, we'd detail all their stars that they have on their team. That's going to be one hell of a series that they meet in the NLCS. But look, man. But yeah, man, even then, like Dodgers, Braves, Phillies, Astros all been in the World Series. Mm -hmm. But then you look at Diamondbacks haven't been there since 01. Twins haven't been there since 91. Right. Orioles haven't ever been to the world or sorry, haven't been to the World Series since 83. And then the Rangers. Yeah. Y'all know. (laughs) Y'all know. So, look, I'm looking forward to these division series should be a lot of fun. Of course, the Rangers take on the Orioles starting on Saturday. Uh, That game will uh, first pitch is at noon. Uh, And if you want to watch the game, you can watch it on uh, Fox Sports one. And of course, you can listen to it on the Louisiana Hot Sauce Rangers radio network with the Hall of Famer Eric Nadell, Matt Hicks, and Jared Sandler. It's the Get Right with Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fan. Coming up next, the Mavericks were in action today. How good, not great. We'll talk to Nick Angstad about it next on 105 through the fan. It's the Get Right with Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fan. Going to be talking with Nick Angstad of Locked On Mavs here in just a moment <laughs> via the Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill Hotline. At Kevin Gray Sports at Reg at a tool if you want to get at us on Twitter. What's up? Oh, um, nope, nothing. You sure? Yep. I, I've considered it, as you might have. I see. Able, yeah, I considered it. You took the, a real. The answer is nothing. <laughs> okay. We're also live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam and on YouTube as well. Search 105 through the fan on YouTube and hit the subscribe button while you are there. Right now, though. We go to the Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill Hotline where we welcome in the host of the Locked On Mavs podcast along his, alongside his guy, Isaac Harris. You can find him on Twitter at Nick Van Exit. He is Nick Angstats. Nick, what's going on? Gentlemen, always good to be here. I uh, appreciate you hanging out with us as the uh, Rashawn Holmesless Les Mavericks took on the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves he, today. He got in, in, the, in the second half. He did? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Did he? No, he's been he Reggie, he's been workshopping that all day. He called me earlier I did. today and he tried that <laughs> joke earlier. He tried it on an audience of one and now he's trying it on the audience <laughs> of the fans. So that's the second time he's oh, done that one. I just I honestly I wanted to see how it would work out for the larger audience. It made it made you laugh earlier, so I figured my bad. maybe it, my mind was that because we we actually talked about it during the game, uh-huh. like during the first half, and my mind is oh KD turned the game off at halftime because that would have been fair. Like, it really did seem like Jason did. Kidd, uh, there you go. It really did seem like Jason Kidd split this up into the first half with guys that he figures prominently feature in the rotation, and then the second half with guys that are kind of outside that. Nick, did you view it that way? 
Have you guys ever done a play or like a musical, like in school or anything? Absolutely. Yes. This was a read through. <laughs> this, was, this was nobody's off book. This was everybody show up and you're kind of your character and you, we're going to try it out, see what happens and see what everything looks like a little bit. Just do a little blocking here and there. But this was a read through, man. Like they, they went out there. We got to see what Lively looks like with Luca. That had some good results. We saw what Omax looks like and he just looked a little rushed like a rookie should. And like it, we just saw a little bit of it. I don't think we saw it enough. So all the, all the overaction takes, I'm loving them today. All right, so the things that I feel like you can't overreact on uh, was something that I actually texted KG about was standing next to Rudy Gobert. You saw just like the difference in mass when it came to Rudy Gobert and Derek Lively, which honestly, Rudy Gobert is one of the bigger guys in the league when it comes to size. But some of that is just being a center in this league. I know they look tall and lanky, but like these dudes are pretty massive and you see the difference between the rookies when it just comes to their size. Like how does... How does that factor your mind when it comes to the idea that they may play major minutes for this team? Yeah, I took it. I took it another way. I don't think he looked that. I don't think Lively okay. looked that small next to next to Rudy Gobert. He he's up to two forty. He told us that on media day, and two forty is like the playing weight of Clint Capella and like Giannis and uh, Jared Allen and like some of these guys that that play center in the in the NBA that we all wanted on on the Mavericks, right? So he's at that point right now physically. He's coming in. He's he's pretty NBA ready for a center, or at least what a you know, a rookie center is going to be. He's not, a, you know, he's not coming in Nick Claxton or what Chet is going to come in yeah. at or, you know, any of those guys. Like, he's not that small. And did Gobert destroy them on the boards when Lively was in? No. Like, and Gobert's not going to destroy you in the paint either when, you know, when he was on the court and Gobert's not going to destroy you in the paint ever. And the one block he got against Lively was a goaltend that they, <laughs> they didn't call. So I think that he, he held up his own pretty well. I thought he was fine defensively. He's going to foul. It's just going to happen in a rookie season. And so for my expectations, I, I thought that Lively did pretty well. All I heard was that Derek Lively is Giannis. That's all I heard. That's that. Okay. I'm, look, <laughs> the weight of Giannis. Yeah. It's almost could be the weight of Giannis, right? It's preseason, so I'll allow you to have your selective hearing. Thank you. Thank you. Um, no, but it, it was it. fun seeing. Uh, <laughs> how fun did it look like Luca was having, with, particularly with Derek Lively? Because I saw him on that one pick and roll, and you know what the mm. one I'm talking about, where it seemed like he did the J.R. Smith, where he was like, I'm going to throw it very high and see if he can go get it. And Derek Lively <laughs> did. His catch radius is so high. We were talking about it on Lockdown Mavs today. Like, when's the last. When's the last Maverick that had a, a catch radius like that? Like Dwight is a good roller, but you got to put it in a certain spot because he's only so big with a so long wingspan. But like DeAndre Jordan, Brandon Wright, like you've got to go back to some guys that had like a catch radius like like Derek Lively has. But they had two plays, Luca and Derek Lively, at the end of the second quarter where he had the one where Luca threw it up to him and he he caught it. And then if you notice the very next play after mm-hmm. this, it won't be on any highlights or anything. But Rudy Gobert instead of like guarding Luca, stepping up to guard Luca, he backtracked to keep with Lively to, to stop the the uh, to stop the lob again, and Luca got a wide open layup. Like that chemistry with Luca and Lively, if we if they keep working on that and building on that, that's what's gonna as they as the kids say feed families. Do the kids say that, huh? Okay, all right. Oh, okay. Um, I'm learning today. Look I am learning. Uh, we you. we are talking to Nick Angstad of Locked On Mavs right here on 105 through the fan. And Nick, um, allow me to get negative. Um, how are doing a lot of that tonight? That's right. Mm-hmm. How concerned are you? Because I saw Luca Wentz. Oh boy, very you early took my question I had for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I was like, dog, this is literally the first game that you are playing with the Mavs. That you know, in this run of the season, like, wh- where does your mind go when you see him, Wentz? 
when I see him wince, I see a player that is dealing with some kind of injury that none of us can we're not gonna I'm not gonna sit here we we try not to armchair quarterback, right? Or armchair coach. I'm not gonna try to armchair medical doctor. <laughs> At this point, like that is way far above me. That if the Mavericks have cleared him, don't you think the Mavericks would have, would have like held him back from from not playing in this game if it was going to be detrimental. I don't know what's going on with this guy. I've asked. We have a friend, Brian Suterer, that has an awesome YouTube channel that does a ton of stuff with sports injuries. He's mm-hmm. a medical doctor. And I said, hey, what is up with this thigh thing? And he's like, it shouldn't be lingering like this. He, so it's got to be something different that we don't know. That play that you're talking about at the end of the second quarter, by the way, that's the only time we ever really saw him win in that game. I thought Gobert hit him in the nuts in, in that play, actually, <laughs> if you go back and watch it. But... But but I don't know. I mean, it, the Mavericks say he's cleared. Lucas said he's got a couple more appointments that you know, I think they'll figure it out. I, I do think that I'm I'm a, I am a little worried about it. So I don't think that it's ridiculous to worry about it or think about it. But it's something. I just don't think that it's like going to be so detrimental to the Mavericks this year. I guess my thought on it as I was watching the game and thinking, oh, this is going to be a thing all season. Now, obviously, as you mentioned, he, if he's good enough to be cleared to play, you know, in a preseason game. Obviously, they feel good enough to allow him to be out there, but it does sound like and feel like something that will have to be watched and monitored all season. And honestly, it feels like, Nick, it won't get fully and completely healed until he actually sits his ass down somewhere and stops playing basketball because we know how much basketball he played throughout the course of the summer for the Slovenian national team all the way up until preseason at this point. I, again, I'm gonna. I can say, yeah, man, Kevin, you're so right. That's what he needs, <laughs> that's what he needs to do. Just, just lift it. Like, take, take some weight off of it and sit down and ice it. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like, we're, it's just something that if the Mavericks say it's cleared and he can play, and he, it's just gonna be either pain. They haven't even said like pain management or anything. The only thing we've really heard from the team is Jason Kidd do his whole. You know, everybody's not 100 percent when they play. That's basically the only, oh, the only right. message we've gotten from the team at this point about that injury, which is. Not encouraging to me, but it's also not the end of the world with it. So, I mean, he for now he's playing, and I mean he scored twenty five points in this game. <laughs> he did. So he did. It seems like even in the FIBA games, it seemed like the injury flared up when the team wasn't doing well, and the team was doing well. He was riding high, and it, he was doing all right. So it was our first look at a guy in Grant Williams, among others, a team in the Mavericks, and unfortunately missed his first fourteen three pointers on the day uh, against the Minnesota Timberwolves. What encouraging signs did you take though? Uh, from Grant Williams' first outing as a Dallas Maverick. Grant is getting wide-open shots like he's never gotten before. I mean, he's getting some wide-open threes. Luka and Kyrie are going to create those for him. Uh, I think Lively is probably going to create some of those with his roll gravity. Eventually, we're going to get to talk about that as a thing. Ah, uh, roll and gravity. I think with, you love to hear it. <laughs> we're going to have roll gravity. We're going to have shooting <laughs> gravity. We're going to have ball-handling gravity. We're going to have all kinds of stuff. Hopefully, Luka doesn't have his own gravity. Mm-hmm, good so, call. Mm-hmm. Like, with, with Grant... He's going to get those wide open threes. Also, Grant had a couple of plays where he's guarding Cat that it just it just felt refreshing to have a guy to be able to be that like that big and strong that can take some of those bigger wings, the the second center type players that, that the Mavericks are going to play where they just struggled with some of those guys in the past. And I'm excited to see what Grant can do on this team, and then to see again all the missed threes you mentioned at the beginning. The Mavericks will make those eventually. Tim Hardaway didn't play in this game. Seth Curry didn't even take one. Grant Williams missed some that he normally makes, so it, it'll come together. 
Now, of course, we talked a lot about the pairing of Luka Doncic with Derek Lively. That's obviously going to be a main one because that's that the pick and roll game with Luka Doncic is one of the central themes for this team. Were there any other? And obviously, we we can't take too much for from like entire lineups, five man lineups. But there were there any other pairings, kind of like you know the chemistries between a certain a couple of players that kind of uh, caught your eye in this game. I liked I liked what I saw from Hardy and from Josh Green as, as a second unit group. I think I think Josh Green will eventually start. I think maybe even by the beginning of the season or even next game, Josh Green could start on this team. But I like those two guys together coming off the bench. They they push, they move like them with 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 Kyrie the way that Kyrie wanted to push the pace last year when he came in and they were like, all right, we have this one side of the team in, with Luca that runs super slow. We have this other side of the team with Kyrie that wants to run fast. I think. Green and Hardy can be part of that group and can push the pace a little bit. And I like those two guys together, and I like what they brought. Hardy, I thought, had a really great game handling the ball. We, we were waiting all summer league for him to really stand out as a ball handler, a guy in a pick and roll, a guy that can you know make things happen with the ball in his hand. And he didn't really do that a ton. Even Jared Dudley called it a disappointment at that summer league, and he was his coach. And so we saw it, though, in this game. I saw him hit a couple of shots, get some and ones, get to the free throw line hit Dwight Powell on a lob, which is just not something we've seen mm-hmm. from, from Jaden Hardy. So I love those two. I thought they did well together. Yeah, that was one of my favorite plays of the game, seeing Jaden Hardy be able to work in the pick and roll uh, with Dwight Powell and be able to hit them for that nice you know, finish at the rim. Uh, before we get you out of here, I, there is one question that I want to ask you because when you look at the rotations for this team and what they're going to look at for the second unit, and Tim Hardaway Jr., you know, apparently a six-man-of-the-year candidate, Jason Kidd, uh, going into this upcoming year, <laughs> Um, is there some redundancy there, though, with the likes of Jaden Hardy, Seth Curry, obviously with Tim Hardaway Jr.? Where does he fit here within this rotation, given some of the guys that they have coming in for that second unit? Yeah, this is a question I've been asking on Lockdown Mavs all summer. They have a big redundancy with those three guys, Tim Hardaway, Seth Curry, Jaden Hardy, all kind of do this, the same thing. I think that Curry and Hardy can handle the ball a little more than you want Tim Hardaway to do. I think Tim Hardaway can get hotter than those other two, so he can get some of the volume. Even like Seth Curry is the best three-point shooter on the team probably, but Tim can get so hot and get wide open threes that you know he's going to take seven or eight, where Curry's only going to take like four or five or something in a game where he's really hot. So it, this is something kids going to have to figure out. I, I don't know if you can play multiples of them together at any point, so that's something that that, that trio I'm fascinated to see. Tim, Tim didn't think he was going to be on this team. I don't think a lot of the Mavericks thought he was going to be on this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Kidd, like you said, said that he might be sixth man of the year. Didn't, didn't bother to tell Tim about that. So, um, and so Tim comes to media day and is like, I didn't, think, I didn't know that I was sixth man until now. So I, I don't know what's going on with that whole relationship. Doesn't seem like they all are on the same page with that. So I can't imagine Tim falling out of the rotation, though. So I thought Hardy was going to be the one out of the rotation between those three, but the way Hardy played today, I mean, he may force his hand in that. I think that's a great thing for the Mavericks. All right, before I get you out of here, your hottest take from what happened today. <laughs> Can I, I'm going to borrow one of Isaac's takes from, from the show today. Okay. Nothing mattered. And I learned nothing. <laughs> hot. hot take. That's hot. That's hot right there. Isn't that, isn't that what you do at the end of like a whole segment where you talk about this game and what we learned and everything and just be like, I didn't learn, I didn't learn nothing. I didn't learn nothing from this game because it's all, it's all stuff we either kind of expected or, or, or didn't. So it's, it's yeah, the, I'm, it's the emotionally true uh, aspect, all this yes. uh, about this. And that's one of the reasons why you're one of our favorite people to talk to about this stuff, Nick. Oh, you guys, anytime. Appreciate it. Nick Angstad of Locked on Mask, enough to join us here. 
on the Get Right Revenge of KG here on 105.3 The Fan. Uh, before we go around the NFL, coming up next segment, uh, apparently Justin Fields, we talked about who was hooping from the Cowboys to the Patriots. Hooping. Hey, Justin Fields, uh, Ross, is out here hooping tonight for the Chicago Bears. Fields again over the middle. Caught, connect, touchdown. Uh, the Chicago Bears are up. Oh, that's right. 27 to 3. But they got a field. There's a field goal in there. At halftime. There's a field goal in there. Uh, over the Chicago, over the Washington Commanders. Um, stat line for your man Justin Fields, real quick, mm-hmm. uh, on the night. Uh, yes. Check this out. He's uh, 12 of 20 for 189 yards and three touchdowns. DJ Moore, five catches. A buck thirty-seven <laughs> and two touchdowns already in the first uh, half. That last touchdown that you heard uh, went to Cole Cole Komet. Uh, Komet for four yards to get them up twenty-seven to three. All right, real quick because we need to get out of here. But yeah. give me that uh, DJ Moore line one more time. Uh, five for one thirty-seven for two touchdowns. Someone has found the mark. <laughs> we go around the NFL next on the get right. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. About to go around the National Football League here on the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, Ross Lubinsky holding it down for you on this Thursday night. Really appreciate you joining us. On Odyssey and the Odyssey app, the truckwreck.com text line 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053. Really appreciate Nick Angstadt of Locked On Mass for joining us last segment via the Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill Hotline. Don't forget this coming Sunday. Come hang out with the Get Right at Old 75 Beer Garden to watch football. Football. As the Cowboys take on the San Francisco 49ers in the NFL's game of the week in week number five as the Cowboys look to avenge their playoff loss not once but twice at the hands of the San Francisco 49ers. Cowboys have beaten the 49ers the last three times they've met in the regular season. Uh, So interesting note there with these two storied rivals. But, yeah, come hang out with Reg and myself at Old 75 Beer Garden just off 75 in Richardson. Uh, through for Sunday night football. Yeah, man. Specials on Miller Lite, mm-hmm. nachos. What more can you want? Us. That's right. In the flesh. We're looking forward to that. It should be a, a fun time. Uh, hanging I heard KG's with- gonna wear that shirt that y'all like. It's gonna be great. What? Huh? KG, what shirt do they like? 
I don't know what he's talking about. He doesn't. I don't know what he's talking about. He don't know what he's talking about. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> Ross, let's go around the National Football League here uh, on the Get Right as we get you ready for this weekend's action. Uh, beat them down happening in our nation's capital as the Chicago Bears up 27-3 at halftime. Justin Fields with three touchdown passes. DJ Moore catching two of those as the um, <laughs> Washington Commanders right now are getting pummeled by a Chicago Bears team that for the second week in a row has seen Justin Fields play some pretty good football uh, at the quarterback position. I know he had the fumble, you know, late last week in the loss against the Denver Broncos, but uh, Justin Fields been putting it together, it looks like, these last at least game and a half for the Bears at quarterback here. Yeah, mate, uh, I have not been able to, like, actively watch this game to tell you how they're doing it, but they 185 in the air, 122 on the ground, Seems like it's a fairly balanced approach. Um, Washington, what's happening? I thought they were supposed to be decent at defense. Y'all had people really thinking that Washington was going to be out here competing uh, for something this year. This this looks horrible right now. And maybe they turn it around in the second half. Probably not, probably not uh, given what's happened so far. Um, but Washington getting beat down at the hands of Matt Eberflus and the Bears. By the way, they're looking to break a 14-game losing streak are the Chicago Bears tonight in Washington. Uh, speaking of Chicago, some sad news in the National Football League uh, as Dick Buckus, um, arguably the fiercest monster of the midway, uh, has died at the age of 80 today, the Chicago Bears announced. Of course, he became a Bears legend and Pro Football Hall of Famer in his nine-year career, which started back in 1965. One of the most vicious tacklers in all on the National Football League, uh, passing away uh, peacefully uh, today in a statement released through the Bears, Buckus, the Buckus family, saying, quote, uh, he died peacefully in his sleep overnight at his Malibu, California home. So um, the eight time he made eight straight Pro Bowls, uh, 22 career interceptions, 25 fumble recoveries in nine seasons for the Bears from 1965 to 1973. One of the great uh, linebackers of all time. Uh, Dick Buck is passing away today at the age of 80. Hey, man, may, got a good run in. 80 years, ain't nothing to sneeze at. Passed peacefully. Like, that's something that I, I really do hope for a lot of folks, man, is the opportunity to, to pass peacefully at a, at a good old age. So, like, that that's a great thing in addition to the fact that I don't think, like, even if you're not uniquely familiar with Dick Buckus, because this happens when it comes to sports, is that there are names that continue to ring out over a period of time. And I guess this happens in all, all different areas of life. But there's names that ring out that even if you are not, you know, uniquely aware of their work, um, you have an appreciation for the legacy that they have left because secondhand, thirdhand, you were hearing about how great they were. Dick Buck has fits very squarely in that place for a lot of folks. So salute to the man, the Bears icon, Dick Buckus. Uh, fare thee well, my man. Speaking of linebackers, there's going to be some terrific ones on display on Sunday Night Football between the Cowboys and the 49ers. But for Micah Parsons on the defense and for Debo Samuel on the offense for San Francisco, uh, they're going to be at less than 100%. in that right, Mr. Rappaport? Um, all right, let's get to some injuries for the big-time game is. on Sunday Night. 49ers-Cowboys, really one of the great rivalries of my youth, and I'm sure Sunday Night is going to be awesome as well. We'll get to Micah Parsons, the do-everything linebacker for the Cowboys. Already balling, four sacks, 
eight hurries, but now comes up with a little bit of a knee injury. Played essentially the whole game last week. Did come out for five plays to get his knee examined. You can see him right there in a little bit of pain. This is not believed to be a major injury. No real structural damage. Just the kind of thing that he's got to get treatment on throughout the week and get to a point where he's close to 100% on Sunday. So to that end, he was limited yesterday. I would expect his participation to ramp up and no issues for Sunday. The 49ers star, Debo Samuel, was, I would say, pretty limited last week. He did play, did have a couple carries, no catches while he dealt with a knee injury, while he dealt with a rib injury. On the injury report, the rib injury went away, so clearly that has gotten better to a point where he didn't need to be listed. Still limited with that knee injury, though. Uh, and for Debo Samuel, another one where I would expect his participation to ramp up. I don't get a sense his status for Sunday is in doubt. Just clearly going to have to manage that knee injury throughout the week. Well, there it is. Uh, with respect to Micah Parsons and Debo Samuel, obviously it's something to watch, particularly with the knee injury uh, for uh, really for both of these guys, yeah. but especially for Debo Samuel in my mind. Absolutely. I mean, I mentioned as we were talking about, I believe yesterday, the idea that they did not utilize him in the run game last year for our last week, rather for good reason. Obviously, he's dealing with these issues, and that might be another situation where. You do not have to worry as much about the versatility of that man because of like the knee issue and yeah, you know, I guess the ribs are technically not something that's on the practice report, but I wonder or the injury report rather, but I wonder how much he's still feeling that, particularly if he ends up in those type of situations. Not to say that like, oh wow, they're down, you know, assuming whatever you could say about being down however much production from Debo Samuel that oh man, now that that's that they have nothing. No, there's a lot of other guys. I mean, Brandon Ayuk has shown his his worth even more of late, and you've seen the way that Christian McCaffrey can change a game. I don't have to tell you about George Kittle. We can go on and on. And so, um, obviously, there's still a ton to be concerned about defensively for the Cowboys, but a, a, less, a less than 100% Debo Samuel does help your cause. Again, it's going to be a fun one on Sunday night between the Cowboys and 49ers. Debo Samuel, big part of that offense for what the 49ers like to do, among the others with George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, and others. The NFL defends its focus on Taylor Swift's uh, pop cultural moment. Have you seen this? Yeah. Uh, the NFL on Wednesday defended its recent coverage of pop superstar Taylor Swift and the Kansas City Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey amid backlash, of course, from fans and even Kelsey himself who said the league is, quote, overdoing it, end quote, with its attention toward the duo's rumored romance. Of course, Swift has attended the Chiefs' past two games, including their win over the Jets on Sunday Night Football, where over 27 million people watched Zach Wilson and the Jets try to take out Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs while Jermaine Johnson was fighting for his life on that holding penalty that was never called hmm. uh, in that football game. Um, but, of course, the broadcast featured uh, the forthcoming concert film, uh, Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, on several occasions uh, cut to her uh, during the broadcast itself. Now, apparently they were admonished, uh, were the networks by the NFL, for to show, like, her commercial all the time. Yeah, which yeah. is weird. Like, that's the thing that's weird about it because it makes it feel like the idea that, that this is significantly less organic than some folks could possibly like there's there's folks that very much could look at this and be like no this is probably organic and that is becoming less and less likely um but also like i still don't the the math doesn't quite work out for me when it's like oh this is all this is all a pr stunt because i'm like 
it's kind of weird, right? Like, what are what are certain uh, parties getting out of all of this? Uh, but all things considered, man, like, the NFL is big, and I guess there's a lot of people like, oh, man, you don't need Taylor Swift. You think the NFL has gotten to where it where it is by not like not engaging in gluttony and greed? Like, like they, you didn't think they were they were gonna latch on to this whole Taylor Swift thing? Come on now. We were looking at the NFL like, oh man, these TV deals are getting great, and they were like, can we add streaming on top? <laughs> like this this is the way the NFL operates, and and I, the thing that I have seen is like the ways in which the you know like young girls and I guess other Swifties have have kind of gone into football. And I am I would not be surprised one bit if you told me the NFL were like, yo, there's a whole demographic of people out there that we are not tapping into and we need to get into that market. I, I could easily see that portion of it. What is what does Taylor Swift game out gain out of this? Because I do I, I'm not certain how many more fans she's going to get out of this deal. But um yeah, I like I, I understand why the NFL is doing it, and I'm not really mad at them. Plus, there's plenty of stuff in an NFL broadcast that I ignore anyways. Right. Like, I understand it's fun to complain about stuff. And I'm not like saying other people complain about stuff. No, I complain about stuff all of the time. I enjoy it quite a bit. It's it's like my third favorite hobby. Um, <laughs> not third favorite hobby. Pretty sure. Like, playing basketball, listening to music, complaining. I think that's right. I'm going to so, need to get right to get somewhere on that list at some point. Thanks. It's ain't a hobby. I get paid for this. Um, But yeah, like, there's plenty of stuff I ignore on a broadcast. And panning to Taylor Swift, I can ignore that. Like, but there's a lot of people that enjoy it, and I'm like, I I have very much been on a journey to let people enjoy stuff. So that's that's where I find myself on the Taylor Swift. Yeah, that latest note coming from Andrew Marshawn um, that the NFL pushed his TV networks to run free Taylor Swift movie promos this past weekend, uh, the New York Post learned uh, through its investigative reporting, I guess. Um, so there you go. I, look, I knew that once this thing became a thing, that it was going to get way out of proportion and it has done so so far but hey man i hope their actual relationship like works for them i hope it works out for them if that's something that they want to see happen but, <laughs> you know, i don't know man what happened uh should i read this eh, it's late enough i don't care yeah well, uh, from the 214 they trying to whiten up that halftime open your third eye hilarious that Hilarious. is your trip around the Hilarious. National Football League. Buddy, they don't have to try to whiten it up if they want to. <laughs> let me tell you. Here on the Get Right, Reggie KG here on 105 through the van. Shout out to the Commanders. Uh, they scored a touchdown. They moved right down that field, buddy. <laughs> if Chicago blows this lead after what happened last week. Collapse for Caleb, I guess? <laughs> is that what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> we need to go to break. <laughs> Coming up next. I cannot believe that just happened. Uh, We'll tell you what just happened between Washington and the Bears and ranking these MVP candidates and award winners through the first quarter of the season in the National Football League. We do that next on The Get Right. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.